Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Baratunde Thurston is a direct supporter of independent tech news. Why not be like Baratunde and become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, May 16th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From Oakland, California, I'm Justin Robert Young. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. We are definitely going to talk about the executive order and the Commerce Department decision regarding Huawei in the United States. Got lots to say about it, but we, we need to clear out a few other things first. So let's start with a few tech things you should know. Speaking of Huawei, Nikkei reports that Samsung and Huawei have agreed to settle a three-year-old smartphone patent dispute and are reportedly negotiating a larger patent cross-licensing agreement as well. Huawei originally sued Samsung back in May of 2016 for infringing on 4G wireless patents and before the settlement had over 40 lawsuits going on in various courts. I wonder why Huawei was motivated to settle. Hmm. Valve officially brought its game streaming app Steam Link to the iOS game store with versions for iPhone, iPad and Apple TV. Games can be played on the same local network as their host PC or Mac and requires pairing a MiFi or Steam controller to the device. The app originally was rejected from the App Store in 2018 for violating guidelines around user generated content in-app purchases, and content codes. Amazon opened pre-orders on an update to the $50 Fire 7 tablets, which now integrate Amazon voice services in standby mode with the screen off. Before that, you could do Amazon voice stuff with a software update, but it required the screen to be on or to be plugged in and charging to reply to the wake word. Now the tablet can just do it whenever you talk to it. Comes with a quad-core 1.3 gigahertz processor, faster instructions per clock than the outgoing model, and comes in 16 and 32 gigabyte storage capacities while offering expandable storage through micro SD. The new Fire 7 ships June 6th. Instagram is notifying users of its standalone messaging app Direct that the app will shut down in the coming months. All conversations will be moved to the messaging in the Instagram app the direct feature development will continue as part of that experience. 
The app was originally rolled out in December of 2017 to Uruguay, Chile, Turkey, Italy, Portugal, and Israel as a test. All right. Let's talk a little more about an unlikely partnership, Justin. Mm-hmm. Microsoft and Sony announced the partnership Thursday. Sony will use Microsoft Azure to stream games and media and offer game makers new development tools. Microsoft will also help Sony to develop new image sensors using Microsoft AI. So, I mean, I, I guess what, Sony gets better streaming and download for its video game streaming services, as well as things like PlayStation View and whatnot, uh, will be better for that. And and that is something Sony has taken some criticism for here and there. Uh, Microsoft gets some you know, image sensors to play around with and develop their AI on and provide to their enterprise customers. So it's a little bit of an everybody wins the way they want to present it here, but it does make you wonder if this whole Microsoft, Sony, Xbox versus PlayStation 4, no, we're not going to be cross-platform. Well, we'd like you to be is going to have some resolution now that they're talking here. Microsoft is, I, I mean, this has been a Microsoft thing for some time, not just with Sony, but Microsoft saying like, okay, Cortana, let's make it, uh, you know, let, let's let's work with our competitors or at least direct com- competitors as they've been in the past much more than they have in the past. Yeah, Microsoft's so, everybody's friend suddenly. Yeah, exactly. Microsoft cares about cloud more than they care about Xbox. That's what this is about. They are in the Azure business. Azure is an explosive market for them. It will only get bigger as more people use it. They want to be with the biggest players. Sony's a major player. That's why this is happening. And and any concern about Xbox, I think, is, look, if it happens, it happens, if it, if it benefits them. But I think this is about them making an Azure. I, I, I will agree with you 90%. Microsoft cares about Azure more than anything. That is for, yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Microsoft also makes a lot of money off Xbox. It's one of its its brighter points. I don't think they would do anything they thought would undermine it. I don't think they think this undermines it, though. They're no. like, if they're, we're this number two to PS4. If we can convince cross-platform to come out of this, that helps us. If we don't, it doesn't hurt us. Yeah. Well, and interesting that Sony has been, you know, Sony w- was not going to do this a couple of years ago. So the fact that Sony is 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 acquiescing uh, in some form is is significant as well. Hmm. Google's director of product and smart home ecosystem for Google Nest, Michelle Turner, wrote Thursday that existing works with Nest connections will continue to work beyond the August 31st cutoff date until the services migrate to works with Google Assistant. However... No new integrations will be accepted after August 31st. And once customers migrate Nest accounts to Google accounts, works with Nest will stop working for them. Google previously mentioned it's working with Amazon to migrate the Nest skill. Other companies will need to go through security audits and add more granular controls for data and devices. Ift support not mentioned. So... We presume it will stop working after August 31st. HomeAway Assist, a key feature of Nest, was confirmed to come to Google Assistant sometime later this year as well. Boy, can you can you feel the breeze off of that back pedal? Uh, mm-hmm. I, the only the only question that I have to ask here is why didn't you make this your message up front? I'm very curious because this is the right message to say, you know what works with Google assistant has wider acceptability. It fits in our platform more. uh, And we're going to make it more secure, which they did talk about at Google IO. And that was the good part of this. And so is where they fell wrong at Google IO. And so everything ends August 31st was not an acceptable answer to a lot of people saying we're going to work with most of our partners to make sure there's a transition plan and we won't stop works with nest until they are moved on to work 
works with Google Assistant. Uh, much better message to tell people. Unfortunately, a lot of people heard the first message and may not hear this one. I, well, was- I, I was going to say, I mean, do you think that Google just vastly underestimated how many people were inconvenienced by this and, or, or downright angry by it? Because, you know, Google's IO message was like, eh, don't worry, we're just kind of changing the nomenclature, but everything's kind of the same. Yeah. People were like, actually, no, not, not at all. Doing that. Yeah. 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 I- IOT is not regular tech. IOT is not consumer tech. IOT is the infrastructure of your life and is oftentimes a thing that people get as gifts for people that are less tech savvy than they are. So if there's yeah. the possibility that all, that all of a sudden something that they need, like, you know, controlling the temperature of their home could go wrong at a certain point that you can't be as cavalier as like, yeah, we're stopping, uh, uh you know, we're, we're stopping service for this feature on your, on your smartphone that probably somebody who knows how to use a smartphone has, but, My- uh, I wonder if this wasn't already the plan and they just communicated it improperly because they were like, man, there's not that many next users anyway. Uh, and, and that's, that's, that's always a bad thing to do on the internet. Uh, to I, underestimate I also the think there's no way that Google thinks that there weren't a lot of nest users. There are, a well, there, lot of nest there, users. there are not that many relatively speaking, or they wouldn't be retiring all of this. I mean, the whole reason they sure. moved nest into Google is because they're like, this is not a sustainable business on its own. So it, it's a relatively speaking, not enough, I guess. Still a lot of people. Uh, The danger with Google's Bluetooth Titan security key, which uh, is used for second factor authentication, if you don't know, has always been that Bluetooth could be compromised. A lot of people are like, ooh, but I can use this with a lot more things, right? Well, yes, and Google is trying to stay ahead of Bluetooth vulnerabilities by disclosing a misconfiguration in the Titan security keys Bluetooth pairing protocols. Not an active exploit, something Google determined and is disclosing, okay, we discovered this vulnerability and we're fixing it. To exploit the flaw, an attacker would need to be within 30 feet of the key, so pretty close. Uh, and when a user pressed the button on the key to activate it as the second factor on login, uh, if they can connect to the key before you do and know your username and password, so that to do all those things. They have to already know your username and password, be within 30 feet of you, and be able to connect their device to your key when you press the button before your device is connected to your key. Then they could log in and and access your accounts. Uh, There's also a possibility of masquerading as your key and remotely taking over your device's keyboard and mouse. That one seems a little more serious to me, but they've both been fixed and Google will provide free replacement keys to all users of the Titan Bluetooth keys and any USB NFC key with T1 or T2 in small letters on the back uh, as a result of this. You, yeah, I mean, this, this, you, you've got to be real heck bent on on getting getting into somebody's uh, information, right? But at the same time, if it's possible, yes, this is something that has to be fixed. And yeah. you can't over-secure security devices. This like, is why Ubicode didn't want to do Bluetooth keys and don't do Bluetooth keys, even though they're part of the of the protocol. They, they've contributed yeah. to it. Is be like, yeah, but what about this? To me, the, the fact of the matter is most people who have these keys probably don't need to trade them in because the, the idea that someone's going to try to get within 30 feet of you and do this, unless you're a clandestine person working with confidential information or a high-profile target, it's pretty slim. Sure, but still... It's a security problem. Mm-hmm. So, no matter how small that exhaust port is, it T-N-O. can still blow up the Death Star. Happy Flaw Week, everyone. It's been a wild ride. The question is whether Thursday. you're the Death Star or not. Sure. <laughs> yeah. If you're the Death Star, it doesn't end well for you. Yeah. No. Twice. Spoiler. 
Let's talk about phone numbers. Okay. Japan's communication ministry announced a plan to create 10 billion 14-digit phone numbers for assignment, stating that traditional 11-digit numbers are expected to run out as early as fiscal 2022. The numbers would start with the code 020 and arrive no later than the end of 2021, with the majority carriers NTT Docomo, KDDI, and SoftBank on board. The plan is currently open to public comment. You know, public has an issue with it. They 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 have a right to say so. And the ministry will create a formal report on the matter over the summer with necessary preparation to be completed by the end of next or the end of this year, actually. Pretty crazy to think there's that many phone numbers in use. But uh, the one of the things they mentioned in this Japan Times article is Internet of Things devices, each being assigned a phone number. Uh, I assume there's a lot of Internet of Things devices in Japan that have telephone or cellular access that get their own phone number assigned, uh, which would make you run out of phone numbers uh, faster. So adding an area code, basically, 020, uh, gives you, doubles your number of, of phone numbers immediately and gives mm-hmm. you room to improve. Because if you get people used to 14-digit numbers now, well, 020 for now, and then eventually it could be 021 and then 022, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, my first reaction was like, 14 digits? But, you know, we, we always talk about our phone numbers being nine digits. But, yes, there's an area code associated with my cell phone number. So that's 12. So it's not it's not that crazy. But it is, you know, it's kind of funny to think of, you know, Japan is you know, for a relatively small country geographically. So many people there. And the fact that it's like, you know what, we're running out and, you know, we got it. We got to kick this up to 14. Um, good on them. The other question is exactly how important will phone numbers be by 2022? And even if you're using them, because because the fact that these are getting that every lamp that gets bought that you're putting on a cellular data plan gets issued a phone number seems like a relic of a bygone era. You almost wonder yeah. whether or not that's something that will be rectified in the next few. But it's like we we were also seeing this five years ago. How long will people still have phone numbers? But I mean, I I could just not have a phone or not have a phone number and use, you know, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, or, you know, any of the other options to communicate with everybody, but I'm not. I mean, I don't know my wife's phone number. My wife is my wife's name, and I press her name. (laughs) But she has one, and it is essential to her phone's identity. Yeah, you've just created a shortcut to make it easier for you. I'm saying that a lot of people have, and, and if the technology wraps around our habits, as it oft does then these become less and less. How long will we need IP addresses, though? You know, I mean, why I why do IPv6? Well, no, but but again, IP addresses are something that are a little bit, you know, more more robust than what uh, than what phone numbers are. I don't know. I think phone numbers are kind of being used like IP addresses. But yeah, they are. It's it's an interesting question. It's a very interesting question. Uh, Scientists at the University of Maryland published a paper in the journal Science Robotics describing a way of combining perception and motor commands in robots to let them move better and adapt to situations faster. In other words, move more like humans do. A little bit less jerky, a little more fluid. Right now, one of the reasons that they move the way they do is that a robot's sensors sense what's going on, then communicate that to a central system, which then passes that down to the actuators to do the movement. It's a three-part step. That's slow and clunky. The solution to this is to integrate all three parts into one system. 
And the theory from the Maryland researchers in this paper would base a robot's operating system on something called hyperdimensional binary vectors, or HBVs. Now, there's a lot of computer science behind that that we're not going to try to explain, but you can read the paper. It's out there if you would like. This system allows the development of history and something like memory and learning in the robot's platform. Beyond just robots, it could also provide a faster, more efficient model for AI versus neural nets and deep learning methods used now, which require extensive training and don't create any kind of memory. Remember, you create a model based on training of a bunch of data, but then the model just runs. The model doesn't remember what it did. It doesn't remember anything. HBV kind of incorporates input into a sequence and keeps a history and has a kind of memory. So it's not only a way to make robots move better, but it could also be a revolution in machine learning uh, that is more adaptable and more efficient than neural nets or deep learning that we use right now. The reason we're telling you all this is so that you can keep these things in mind. Okay, HBV. I'm going to keep an eye out and see if this turns into anything. The researchers also use dynamic vision sensors, uh, sometimes called silicon retinas, to capture changes in light rather than vision sensors that capture scenes. Uh, this is better for sensing motion as well. Holy bear values. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, HBV, right? however you need to remember that. Whatever you need. Hyperdimensional binary vectors is pretty. I don't know. I kind of love that. It uh, sounds like technobabble. It's, right? it, it either like, sounds like technobabble or high-level math. Those are sure. both yeah, yeah, often yeah. sound the same. Yeah, and exactly. in this case, it's high-level math. I'm just saying that if there was a syndicated science fiction show in the 90s and someone said, you know, get the hyperdimensional binary vectors. We're going to we're going to blow reverse the polarity on the hyperdimensional binary vectors. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. All right, let's get to the Huawei stuff. U.S. President Trump issued an executive order Wednesday declaring a national emergency and prohibiting U.S. companies from using equipment from foreign telecoms if they're believed to pose a national security risk. It does not name companies, but everybody knows that this is pointed at Huawei. It gives the Secretary of Commerce the power to, quote, prohibit transactions posing an unacceptable risk to the national security when those transactions are with, quote, persons owned by, controlled by, or subject to the jurisdiction or direction of a foreign adversary. And of course, the accusation with Huawei that Huawei denies is that it is directly connected to the Communist Party in China, that it takes orders from the government. Uh, the department has 150 days to develop its enforcement policy and name the companies it will target. So, this isn't happening overnight, but within 150 days, one can expect that Huawei, maybe even ZTE still, although they did make peace with the U.S., could just be Huawei. Uh, Huawei will be named, and then companies in the United States would be prohibited from buying anything from Huawei and incorporating it into their networks. Now, there's another thing that sometimes is getting confused here. A separate U.S. Commerce Department Bureau of Industry and Security announcement is that it will add Huawei, and here Huawei is named, it will add Huawei and 70 of its affiliates to what is called the Entity List. That, once it takes effect, would ban Huawei from acquiring technology from the United States without approval. The ban would take effect 
in a few days. Uh, so it's not in effect now, but if the Commerce Department is as good as its announcement, it will take effect in a couple of days. And if you're like, this sounds familiar, ZTE was previously put on this list and shut down operations. Remember, ZTE just closed its plants until it was able to negotiate its removal and resume purchases. Huawei, in response, said restricting Huawei from doing business in the United States will not make the United States more secure or stronger. It also said it is, quote, ready and willing to engage with the U.S. government and come up with effective measures to ensure product security. Uh, Huawei also announced it's going to challenge the decision. It, it could file a lawsuit. It, it could go to the, uh, to the you know, international trades organizations, etc. And Huawei chairman Liang Hua said Tuesday the company is willing to sign no spy agreements with governments. Uh, this was before any of this happened, but uh, floated that possibility out there. Whether that would be acceptable or not is an entirely different thing. Now, once this takes effect... What are the potential effects of it? Well, could put Huawei out of business, as we saw with ZTE. Huawei has been stockpiling some components anywhere from six to 24 months, depending on the components. So they bought themselves a little bit of time, but an extended ban like this would threaten Huawei's business. Uh, would affect non-US companies if Huawei stops building devices that sourced parts from them. If Huawei's like, well, we can't build these routers, we can't build these switches because we can't get the parts from Qualcomm, we can't get the parts from from uh, Flex, uh, so therefore uh, we can't also buy the parts that go in them from European companies because we can't build them, right? It could have knock-on effects. It would remove $11 billion in business to U.S. companies like Flex, which used to be called Flextronics, Broadcom, Qualcomm, Seagate, and Micron. And a couple other things, the Competitive Carriers Association, which is a conglomeration of the Rural Broadband Association, NTCA, the Computer and Communications Industry Association, and the Broadband Providers Association, ITTA, in a joint statement said that ISPs in the United States would have to spend millions of dollars, in some cases more than $100 million, on just the immediate costs of ripping up and replacing equipment because they've started to buy switches from Huawei. Chinese retaliation, of course, could affect companies like Apple and Lenovo. That's all uh, suspicion right now. Uh, we don't know if China would retaliate and if they do in what way. They say they will. But Justin, man, this is, uh, this, this is a serious move. This is not a calm move. This isn't a like, well, we don't know what kind of effect it will have. This, this is uh, the nuclear option. Yes, I would I would say it is the nuclear option in that it is severe. It is not the nuclear option in that it was not telegraphed. If anything, there are two vectors to this, and I'll start with the security one first. The, the United States has been very clear that Huawei cannot be the backbone of not only the nation's 5G, but any allied nation that we deal with outside of our own borders they cannot be the 5g backbone uh they have made this very clear they've said that, that down to the idea of the pentagon saying that they would consider moving bases uh, uh and and having it affect the uh, aid that goes to certain uh, uh, countries if they did take five uh, uh, 5g backbone from huawei this is them putting their money where their mouth is and saying, no, 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 this is how serious we are. Now we are making this this national emergency declaration. The other side of this is the fact that we are currently in an escalating and deepening trade war with China. Uh, and, and while I do think there is a separation between their security hawks that would have been pounding the table about Huawei, uh, whether or not we had President Clinton or President Trump, 
I do think that President Trump's trade war right now is what makes this a little bit more poignant. And it does make you wonder, is this coming down the pike now because China, according to reporting, uh, backed out on certain key elements of what would have been a landmark trade deal. And now more tariffs have been slapped on on both sides and things look to be getting worse. And if that's the case, well, you can't take off some of the weird uh, uh, possible uh, versions of where this can go, like Apple being affected, like Lenovo being affected, like so much of the current American economy that relies on Chinese manufacturing, including lowly game manufacturers <laughs> like, like like your boy Justin Robert Young here who makes his games out in China. Uh, this is all on the table. We, we don't know where this goes. Yes, it is outlandish. Yes, it would be unlikely. But we're in the we're 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 in the deep end now when it comes to this trade war, and and, and we have no idea where this bottle rocket without a stem is going to land. Yeah, this is flipping the table uh, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, it's not flipping the only table, uh, but but remember, we flipped a smaller table with ZTE earlier, and uh, and we saw what happened uh, when we did that. ZTE came to the table and and said, "I would like to put this table back up, and let's bargain on it," and they did. Uh, I think that is probably one of the hopes here is that there could be a settlement out of Huawei. Uh, when you're thinking of the way the trade war has been prosecuted and what the economic uh, interests of the United States have been, that seems to be what you would you would expect here is well let's let's hard bargain uh, let's let's force Huawei to come to terms with us, stop intellectual property theft, maybe force Xi Jinping's hand in the trade war, maybe not, uh, but we can certainly put a lot of pressure here because. Because this is disruptive, not just to Huawei, but to the entire supply chain of the technology industry. So there's there's a lot of people who will want this to get solved. But then you bring in that Secretary Pompeo side of this, which is we don't ever want to deal with Huawei. We no, think I, that they are. Yeah. We think they're a security risk, and there is nothing we would accept from Huawei other than them going out of business, which concerns me quite a bit because of the side effects that will have on the rest of this industry. And I don't know how you get out of that scenario if that's what plays out. Well, and everything that we just laid out with what Huawei is saying, like, we'll sign any anti-spy agreement you want. Like, we'll sign it. Like, okay, okay, got it. You're not bluffing. What could Huawei do differently to, you know, to more positively affect the outcome for the company? If you are talking about the elements of the State Department and the Pentagon that are hard-edged, you can't do this. That's where I suspect that we got these rumors of a nationalized 5G network, that that would be part of the answers that the government would would fund, you know, some of these alternatives. The only good Huawei is a dead Huawei. They to don't care. Yeah. Uh, they don't care about the tech supply chain. They care about what they view to be a critical, uh, uh, irreversible vulnerability that would cripple uh, of secure communication in the United States in their mind. And I, you know, it isn't lost on me that uh, a Dutch newspaper, De Volkskrant, uh, cited unidentified intelligence sources alleging an unspecified backdoor from Huawei in an unidentified Dutch telecom today. Uh, that, that story doesn't drop by accident today, I don't think. Also, uh, the U.S. House Intelligence Committee launching a deep dive examining China's use of technology for surveillance, influence, and political control domestically and internationally. Uh, it's uh, Democratic Representative Adam Schmidt, uh, Schiff, I'm sorry, yeah. and uh, Republican uh, Representative Devin Nunez both doing that uh, together. So this... they, for, 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 for politicos, those two don't agree on much. Mm -mm. Yeah. 
So this is a very interesting thing, and I can't tell you where it's going. I don't think anybody can tell you where it's going. Um, and and w- this will have wide-ranging effects on you at some point, uh, ba- depending on how fast. Yeah, I guess if they if they resolve it in the next couple of days, which I don't see happening, it might not. Yeah, um, and I, I, I think that this is this gets loose. The dogs of war were loosed. It might have been the wheels, uh, you know, might have been greased a little by the trade war, but this was a long-standing uh, uh, want from very important people inside the government. I don't think that Huawei comes back from this. Maybe another, you know, Huawei rebrands and, and you know, there's a different Chinese telecom that, that takes over. But, but uh, uh, that company, as far as it comes to dealing with the United States, that ship has sailed. You know who doesn't need to be rebranded? Everyone who participates in our subreddit, you can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. If you hang out on Facebook, we've got a group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Let's check out the mailbag. Let's do it. Mike actually wrote in about a, a good day internet conversation we were having yesterday, but I thought it was some interesting info that that some of you might get something out of. Mike says... I was listening to GDI when you were talking about phone plans. Mike was hearing me uh, talk about my Verizon plan and unlimited data and what my options are going forward. Mike says, for those of you that don't use a lot of data, have you tried looking at TrackPhone? That's T-R-A-C-F-O-N-E and evaluating the differences. I don't use much data, so I'm on a plan that costs me $120 per year. The only time I needed a lot of data was right after Hurricane Michael. I live just north of Panama City, Florida, in the path and still recovering. I had oh. not heard of this before. I've heard of TrackPhone uh, oh, yeah. before, but it's nice to get a, a little on-the-ground reporting about it. Absolutely, yeah. $120 per year? Have oh. you never watched The Wire? I mean, <laughs> yes. Not recently. Yeah, there was the whole TrackPhone thing. I mean, they, they are TrackPhone is kind of the original burner phone. Like that, that was their branding initially was... Uh, uh, you know, one-time oh. use phones, uh, uh, but but they have been a. I don't remember that being dropped in the show, but maybe oh, I wasn't yeah. paying enough attention. Yeah, I think season three, maybe it's season three that the like that, yeah. actors in uh, mm-hmm. heavily the man who's going out to buy all the track phones. But but yeah, no, I, I think that that legitimately, I mean, I think it's kind of a smear to just say, hey, the preferred phone of drug dealers, but uh, uh, that they have they have certainly pioneered the way in terms of uh, uh, buy as you go data. And I'm well, it sounds like in Mike's memory. case, he's, he's saved quite a bit of money. Yeah, I feel like Walmart is involved with them, whether it's just stocking or a partial owner or something like that, and, and sort of help help make them a little more legitimate, I think, in some people. Well, thanks, Mike, for reminding us about burner phones and how to use them legitimately. And also thanks to Justin Robert Young for being with us this fun Thursday. Justin, where can people keep up with your work? Uh, well, folks, you want to know what? Uh, it's been a while. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone, 
and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Since I plugged the show itself, uh, politics, 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 PX3 for short. Uh, and and uh, uh, it's a fine show. I very much enjoyed doing it. But I'm leaving tomorrow for vacation for two weeks. I'm going to be out of the country. I'm not going to do politics, politics, politics. And yet it will get into your ears because I have a guest host and I am very pleased to announce him to you right now. Ladies and gentlemen, for the next two weeks, making his political punditry debut, it is Tom Merritt. (laughs) Thank you, Justin. It is with a humble (laughs) uh, sense of the importance of this role that I accept it and I will do my best to fill in over the next two weeks. Uh, are you excited? I'm really excited, actually. Yeah, I, I was walking around listening to today's episode uh, while imagining like, OK, what would I do when I'm sitting in that seat next week? So, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about this. Thanks for letting me do that. Oh, man, I am. I am thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to see uh, somebody else kind of take what has been a very personal project and take it uh, in, in uh, you know, whatever direction you want. I'm I'm pumped to have something to listen to on my vacation, but I'm encouraged. <laughs> All the Daily Tech News show listeners to go ahead and uh, subscribe so you make sure that you get Tom's uh, uh, debut on PX3 next week and the week after that. And don't forget, folks, our goal each month is to get one more patron than last month, and we're doing good. We can do better, though. Join the club. You get all kinds of things, like Good Day Internet. We, you hear us talk about it all the time now. We've been having some amazing conversations, people emailing in. Uh, it's it's about a wider range of topics, but it's still us talking about the things we're interested in. Uh, so you can get that. You can get special episodes, special interviews, and all that comes at patreon.com slash DTNS. We've got an email address. That email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday. If you can join us live, we'd love to have you. 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And find out more, dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Ant Pruitt and uh, talking about Adobe Interactive Learning with Lightroom. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. 
Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 